All right, Ian's in the recording session. <clears throat> Chris is in the recording. All right, cool. All right, cool. Let me deafen myself. Mm-hmm. All right. In Discord, don't do that in real life. That would be <laughs> horribly painful. <laughs> I still got an echo. It's it's me. It's not. It's when not Alan, you were, still, Alan, you were still in the other Discord. That matters. Like. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm deafened. It's 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 on me. It's okay. not doing what I want it to do, and now we should be good. Okay, yeah, the echo's gone. Cool. Fun with Discord. All right, yeah. Um, I'm just seeing. Yep. Yeah, so that's good. It's good. And then you guys are still talking. They can still hear you on Discord. So Chris, go and talk. Ladies and gentlemen, can you hear me? If not, that's too damn bad. I don't care. Kidding, I do. I love you all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And they're typing right now. And Ian, go in and try talking. I feel like we should have something witty prepared to say for these because. Yeah, never... we can call us topping. Something fun. Yeah. Everyone's Bye -bye to see the glory yes. of the coming of the Lord. Yes, and yes. <laughs> We could break out in a song, you're right. He no has way. trampled out the vintage where the grapes are off the scene. Ah, there you go. Okay, so a few housekeepers. Yeah. Yeah, a few housekeeping things for the Discord chat before I get into the episode. Um I'm not I don't watch chat all the time when I'm recording. I'm looking at my notes and doing lots of different things. If one of us goes out as always, start spamming the chat. I will not stop them in the middle of a good good point, so you just might have to hear something for a while. As soon as it's over with, um, I will tell them to go ahead and get back, fix the power couplings, as we say. Uh, recoupling, <laughs> recouple the power couplings. Um, but in that, are you, uh, You're okay. roboting, Alan. You're going in and out. Am I going in and out again? You just yeah. were. Oh, no. I have a new mic tonight, so I was hoping that this would be a better setup. Oh, I mean, uh, you've been very clear, but you just had one moment. I don't know if you, like, went away from the mic or what you did. I turned a little bit, so maybe I just – yeah. It's a new headset, or it's actually an old headset. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of background noise, too. So, anyway, so everyone, just, yeah, bam. If you can't hear, if it goes silent, um, just tell us it is. Um, other than that, I think we're going to hop right into the episode in a matter of time. Um, I am getting some kind of like someone hitting their microphone. I don't know if it's Ian or Chris. Could have been me. Probably was okay. me. Okay. Cool. It just felt like someone's moving the microphone around. Um, it's just fine. It's just, we'll do a brief pause and Are you able then we'll. To hear me right now? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay, good. All right. So I'll do a brief pause and then I will jump right in. All right, moving on to episode 22. Um, we are so close to finishing this book. Actually, we have this one, we have next week, and then the week after that is our final episode uh, for Eye of the World and for the season. So we're, we're really in the home stretch, guys. I know it seems like we've been doing this forever, but then we got we got 14 more books after this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, so a couple of housekeeping things before we get going. So we do have new patrons. So we get two. All uh, right. This week. Yeah, two. We got feeling seasick, which uh, I feel sorry for. I've never experienced that before, but I've been around a lot of people that have. And um, sorry if you are feeling seasick at any time, because uh, I've I've seen what happens and it's not pretty. 
And then uh, we have Jem the D, um, I think from Scotland. Uh, he's a, just joined today to the to the patron team, I believe, uh, this morning. Um, so nice. um, we welcome him. I know he wants to at some point uh, join the live chats. I don't know if he's here tonight. No, he's not on the live stream. He talked about just because the fact that it's so late in the morning there. Um, so Jamothy Dean, yeah, D, D yeah. <laughs> It's, I guess he changed his name to that, but uh, he might be joining in. Uh, actually, no, he is listening. Yay. Okay, cool. I know it's really late in the morning for him, so thank you for staying up to listen to us. That's awesome. Um, Yay, good morning, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess it's a morning or night. I don't know. Um, yeah, So, but, but happy to have you as a patron. So uh, the more we have, of course, the more things we can do. Uh, we did do a giveaway that has finished. Um, Tree Hugger won the, the, won the book. I know on, on Twitter it was announced that um, um, that uh, Watt Credits had won the book, but he actually already has a hardcover, uh, a paperback, and an e-copy, and his wife said she didn't want any more space on her bookshelf, so he kind of came back to me and said, okay, can you redraw? So thank you, Watt Credits, for giving that up. So I, I'm sure that, um, that uh, uh, Tree appreciates that because I know she's super excited about getting that book. So once we get everybody's signatures on the book, I already have the book. Um, quarantine and all, I think Ian's the hardest one to get. Uh, Chris just lives down the road, but at some point, whenever you cruise on through town, uh, you get your quick signature. I will make it a point. I'll, I'll be down there within a week. Yeah. So exciting times. We will do more of these giveaways. Actually, I said once we hit 10,000 downloads, I'm going to do my next book giveaway. Um, we hit 5,000. Uh, last week, it took a grand total of 14 days to go from 4,000 to 5,000. So um, we, we were growing pretty fast. So uh, thank you, everyone, for, for listening. Uh, that's 5,000 downloads. Um, that's what that is. Um, so we hit that big 5K mark. Uh, the next big milestone probably is the 10,000 mark. And we also hit 600 Twitter, Twitter followers today as well. So two kind of round numbers to talk about. Um, so uh, excited about everyone listening. Um, you know, we've made a lot of changes to our Discord to like really be inclusive with our first-time readers. Uh, we've added a new special label for them. So when they come in, if they want to, they can uh, uh, be be blocked from the spoiler channels and also have a special name or color on their name, which allows all the people that have read the book not to spoil it for them. So kind of some cool things just to help out and 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 let people, um, you know, enjoy our community as much as possible with still being if they're the first time reader and us not ruin it for them. So yeah, fun stuff. Of course you guys are blocked out from everything. So I don't have to talk about that. Right. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> so yeah. Um, as far as personal life, um, I'll start first cause I'm just already talking, but um, you know, it's, it's, been interesting week i think for everyone here in the united states um actually it's been interesting for a long time you know we've been quarantined forever um unemployment's at a, a all-time high um I, i'm blessed to be still employed even though working from home and it seems like i'm unemployed at times just because it's weird i still haven't adjusted to it um but of course with all the recent uh upheaval and protests um and rightfully so throughout our country um i'm not gonna get too much into it but um it's, it's just been a lot and very, very uh, weighing on the soul, weighing on on just turn on the news and it's, you can't help but just, yeah, this is heavy. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. But uh, 
But in personal life, other than that, because I have, you know, we're a little removed being at home, kind of quarantined. Um, as we can see on the news, um, that's been digging um, a whole lot, digging out a patio, extending my patio out. So a lot of a lot of going outside and digging. Um, that's pretty much all I've been doing. So <laughs> it's working on my garden, getting my garden ready. Uh, actually, my wife's garden. I just want the, the labor force that, that helps get the yard and the garden ready and, and digging to uh, put some more pavers down to, to expand my patio. What about you guys? So I guess uh, I'll start on a exciting, happy, good news story note. Uh, those of y'all that have been following us on Discord, uh, I posted this the other day, um, but during my lunch break, uh, because I live out on this fantastic river and the weather was fantastic, I decided to take a boat ride with a couple of buddies uh, and my dad, and we're cruising, and we saw this like white ball of fluff chilling on this pier, and it looked kind of like a penguin. It was weird, so we're like, what the hell is this? And as we get closer to it, uh, this osprey swoops in towards it, and it takes a leap off the pier into the water. And it was apparent right off the bat that whatever this was could not swim. It was struggling. Uh, we got closer, and it looked at us with this, like, oh, shit look on its face, like, please help me. And it was a um, young barn owl fledgling. Uh, first I've seen. I mean, I've seen full-grown barn owls like maybe twice in my life um in the wild um so pulled this guy out of the water dried him off as best we could uh got him back up on the pier his mom was still around but she wasn't coming down directly to him because she was still fighting off the osprey and then these two crows that were being assholes and also joining in the fray i they looked like they were more doing it just for the fun of it they weren't trying to eat the owl I, it was so weird but the osprey was definitely trying to eat him um so I'm going to go back by tomorrow and fingers crossed, hopefully this young dude is still alive and hanging out with his mom, but we shall see. Uh, but it was exciting. My first up close experience. I mean, I held dude in my hand. So it was, it was very neat, very national geographic ish. Um, I, you know, Alan hinted on this and I went back and forth about uh, how much I wanted to discuss what's going on across our country right now and i don't know for whether it's right or wrong i, I guess i decided I, I won't use this i don't want to by going on on too far down the rabbit hole of of what's happening in our country and and changing the whole topic of you know what we're here for but i will say um you know alan i know you experienced this some um, uh, Chris, definitely you have your own perspective. I, I grew up in a military family. Um, and my dad was enlisted in the Navy. And so all of our family friends and his friends and people that were constantly over were from every race and background, uh, from all over the country from, I mean, it just, you name it. And, and that's who we hung out with. And in school, you know, I grew up in downtown Newport news. Uh, so <clears throat> I was, I mean, most of my schools were like 90% uh, black or higher. Those were my neighbors. They were my babysitters, my teachers. Um, and uh, 
I don't know. I I've always watched it happen. Um, I I had kids in my neighborhood that even at, at a, a young age, if um if they want to go to the corner store, we had a tiny giant, which is kind of like a Seven Eleven or you know a little grocery mart. If they asked permission to go, their parents would say, "You can only go if Ian or my brother uh, went with them." And because they knew <laughs> there was more safety, the kids were more safe if there was the white kid from the neighborhood going with them. Uh, and when we were little, I guess we kind of joked about it. Uh, but I mean, it's just everything's kind of coming to a culmination now. And I guess I'll leave it at that. It's this has been a very rough week. Like reading and preparing for this was very difficult. And then, gosh, okay, so maybe I lied. Maybe I'm going to go on a rant about stuff. <laughs> and then I'm in this shitty position um, where because I am white and I don't know, like I have blonde hair, blue eyes. So maybe other racist white people just think I'm going to agree with them. And I've been purging social media of just the most despicable people that have either private messaged me stuff thinking that I'm going to be in agreement with them. Uh, there was a coworker <laughs> this last week that I already turned him in or at least reported them to my supervisor of shit. They said to me in a private message because they thought, haha, it would be funny and that I'd be in agreement with them. And I just, it boggles my mind how people could just be so just shitty and not caring about other human beings. Um, and stuff like this happens and it, it just exposes even more shitty people out there. So I don't, I don't know. Uh -huh. Maybe Alan will edit a lot of this out. I'm rambling now. Maybe I should have wrote something up so I could be more coherent. But this week has been pretty crappy. But I've also seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of good too and, and a lot of people that are uh, standing up for their rights and not letting other people silence them, not letting the people that are getting into shenanigans disrupt the movement. And, you know, I, I offer my support to them in, in any way I can, man. Sure. So, yeah, that's my week. All right. So, how are you, Chris? <laughs> First off, I'm going to start on a really high note. I want to give a shout out to uh, Officer Mathers, who has joined our Discord. He is a very good friend of mine. He is a, a man in blue, and he's also African-American. So that's really cool to have an African-American officer patrolling our streets. Just goes to show that um, race does not get in the way of you know social justice and does not get in the way of people who know what morality looks like doing the right thing. Um, and like Ian, this has definitely been a hard time for me um, processing a lot of different emotions and feelings with the passing of my friend being barely two weeks away, uh, two weeks past, and then seeing everything going on in the media and having a lot of family closely, family and friends closely connected to a lot of different movements in the local area. We've had a couple of uh, protests, very, very, very well-organized, very, very, very um, safe, secure, and peaceful protests going on. Uh, my pastor, Randy Shepley, was a part of uh, a protest that involved multiple pastors and our police chief and a couple other police chiefs throughout the area. It was just really cool to 
see the group of, you know, all races, all jobs getting together and speaking against the atrocities that are happening right now. And then my, um, one of the girls that I helped raise, um, because I, I definitely helped to raise many kids, but um, one individual, Kaylin, I have literally changed more diapers for her than what I ever wanted to in my life. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. She made me proud. She was out um, Williamsburg protesting uh, this past Sunday. And it was, it's more about her, you know, just standing up for what she believes in. It's not necessarily geared towards any one thing other than what is, you know, right by any human being. Um, you know, personally, I definitely have had my, my moments of insecurities being, you know, a black male in America, if you can even call it that. I'm 64% white and 46% black, but when you look at me, you don't know the difference. So, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, you know, you kind of see what you want to see. And for me, that's, that's dangerous because, you know, I'm, I'm one of those individuals that was raised in a white home in a black community. So I'm like the whitest black person people know and the blackest white person people know. And I, I have to conscientiously think about where I'm going and what I'm doing and how the color of my skin could make a difference in the decisions that I make. Like I love going outside and wearing my black hoodie, but is that the safest thing for me to do in a moment? Maybe, probably not. Um, you know, stopping in at a seven 11 at midnight, I question doing that sometimes. And it's really sad that, you know, you have to do that. And, you know, I, I, again, being raised by a white mother and a white family was never necessarily taught to think that way if it wasn't for the fact that I had a lot of great mentors in the black community that helped also to raise me I could definitely find myself in a lot of trouble definitely some of those individuals that have been you know stopped randomly and my car looked over for drugs and this that and the other and you know my mother always told me to stand up for myself, but then my mentors are like, you have to remember that you don't always, you're not always able or allowed to have a voice in particular matters. And I am by all means, super lucky to have a lot of friends that are in the force um, that I can always lean on when there are moments that have distress for me, I can call them and say, Hey, you know, call your boy you know, let them know that I'm a good guy. <laughs> but it's it's sad when to think that you have to do stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, let's go ahead and keep moving on with the podcast. So <laughs> I know everyone's heart's heavy. We could probably talk about this for hours, but this is a Wheel of Time podcast. Yeah. Let's talk about Wheel of Time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, mean, I don't I don't Fair enough. I don't want to I don't want to belittle the conversation, but we can definitely um have it offline uh with the Discord between all of us and any other social media. It is important. I'm not trying to belittle it at any means, but at the same time, uh well, you know that's what we're here for tonight. That's what all you guys are here for. So um country or state, Chris, you are we're going to go with the Democratic Republic of the Congo. All right, so going back to Africa and the Democratic Republic of Congo, formerly known as Zaire, 
uh, that was a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> uh, one of my friends growing up actually is, uh, was a political um, a refugee from there. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So, came, All right. came here to Newport News. So, yeah, new, yeah. Pretty cool. Anyway, so also before we get into the episode, predictions from last week and further back. Uh, three are from last week, one's from way, way back. I'm actually going to ask you if you want to even keep this on the prediction or not. Um, so the three are that Pat and Fane are something is following them. As long as something's following them, Ian is right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the ways um, the ways are something similar to are something to do with the shimmering from the very from the prologue. Um, that that waygate, there's something similar. The ways and, and what happened in the prologue, there's something. There's a connection there. Um, and then Ogiers can use magic. Was another um, hmm. opening doors. I think Chris made that. Yeah. Uh, prediction um and then the one that's kind of a throwback one was that moraine and rand are gonna hook up um you know last i mean i still want to see it i don't i don't know if it's gonna happen but (laughs) i'm gonna speak it into existence so yeah uh, yeah keep keep going at it yeah so that was um you know so so last week we the one we brought back up was rand and Egwene. uh, rand's gonna become Egwene's warder now we're on the moraine and rand are gonna hook up so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, those are, those are the predictions. So as before we get into the first chapter, we did hit, talk about this last episode briefly. And I said, we're going to talk about it next week. Before we get into that, we got a map. So um, whenever we fall into a map in the book, we do have to talk about the map just a little bit and what your thoughts are. Um, I know the first time we looked at the map, it meant nothing because it's just all these random names and – you had no idea what any of the stuff was and what the names of the days were. Um, now, at least, at least the big city on here, Tarvalin, we know what that is. Um, that's only, you know, if you're looking at it, um, I guess towards the bottom of the page, or if you twist it, it's over towards the towards the, the left. Right. Um, and then looking, it's just swords, kind of not a north pointing map, which is always fun. But going north of Tarvalin, uh, actually northeast, that's where you get the far Fardarum, uh, which is um, all the way on the right side of the map, still kind of the bottom. And then you see the Blight, uh, Shaogul, um, Parwin's Gap, which we'll talk about this um, episode, and then also uh, Mountains of Doom. So just some other things. So anything else stick out to you guys? They skipped a lot by traveling <laughs> through the ways. Yes. Like not an insignificant amount, a lot. Yeah. That's a very fast way of traveling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If you go back to the, to the beginning of the, or the beginning of the book where they have that initial map, um, I think it's right up. I think it's right up the prologue. Or, yeah. Right up the prologue. Yeah. Um, you see where Camelin is and where Fardar is. It's almost actually. It's I want to say that Camelin to Emmons Field is closer than Camelin is to Fardar. Like so, that entire first eighty percent of the book was just as far as how fast far we got to in the ways. So yeah, yeah, pretty pretty far, pretty fast. I mean, I don't uh, know. I don't know if it's decoration, but I love the way they have the leaves wrapping the sword. I don't know if there's any significance to that in the future. Um, 
Yeah. But, you know, we've, we found out the significance now of the leaves and how they play in a role with the waves. And then we have the sword entwined in the leaves. So it's like, is there a significance there? Who knows? We'll find out by book 12, maybe 13. <laughs> um, we see that the seven towers are listed, even though we know, well, we'll go over the seven towers. Um <laughs> we want a bit. We learn a this whole lot. Work. I'm ready to get into it. And we also have a million and a half more questions. Yeah, I, I joked around with him earlier today. I sent him a message saying, "Hey guys, we get like a hundred questions answered tonight, and then uh, two hundred <laughs> more questions asked." So, <laughs> pretty much, but we're we, used to it by now. But we do get a whole lot of information in this uh, these chapters. So. Uh, if you're if you're into the history of this world and, and lore and some of the backstory, these chapters are great. Um, they're, they're some of the best chapters for that, um, at least in this book. So, with that being said, let's go ahead. Eve, right, you got anything to add to the map? Or... It's pretty. It is pretty. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did um did Chris just go live? I think Chris went live. Chris, you accidentally clicked on something. Went oh live. wow! Hey guys. I didn't know my phone did that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it messes up with Zool's or, or a couple people's audio when you go live. So we'll I'm not live anymore. Yeah, you still, you still see you. <laughs> you have to go unlive on the on the discords. I don't know. How to, yeah, I don't can know you hear me, Chris? Hold on. Yeah. There's a little camera. There we go. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> All right. Chris doesn't use Discord often to... enough. <laughs> All right. So now you now you dropped off Discord completely. So you have to just join back in the Discord. Are you guys happy? There you are. There okay. All right. Everyone's back good. So quick pause and we'll jump right into chapter 46. All right. All right. Chapter 46, Faldara. Um so we have the icon of that tree at night with the moon behind it, kind of the dead tree. And of course the chapter is Faldara. Um, it's a city name. It's an icon of the tree. We've had this a long time ago. It's been a while since we've had this one, but I don't know. Do you guys have anything oh, to add? I mean, not much of this chapter. Oh, gear groves. There you go. This is a symbol of the dead oh, gear groves. That's what is now my thought, dead, which is yeah. really sad. Yeah. Hmm. Anything for you, Ian, or? Um, no. Okay. So, yeah, so let's go ahead and start it. So we start with the description of the outside of the Waygate. Um, they're in the borderlands. It's really cold. Uh, we're in a place called Shinar. Um, like I said, it's cold. Rand, and, Rand can kind of almost sense the blight being near and kind of almost freaks them out. And they can see Fodara off in the distance. Like, they can see towers. Um and they, they start making their way towards Faldar. And as they do, they see that the trees are split. For, and I think it's Lan explains that the sap freezes. And this actually does happen in the extreme north. Um, you know, we do have people, uh, listeners from the Blight from Canada. <laughs> and I think they can, they can actually vouch that it doesn't happen here in Virginia, at least. Um, I, I can only remember, I think one time as a kid, I remember uh, a, a tree exploding from cold. And it was during the ice storm around Christmas when I was a kid yeah. and a couple of trees exploded, but like the trees froze over and it was completely ice storm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it doesn't happen down here that often. 
at the end, you, you kind of faded out. So, yeah. Oh, I was just saying it's a thing. Yeah. You're in and out. But hey, what? I think it's really cool Am the, I the way he describes it. No, you're good. We can hear you. Okay. I yeah. think the description that Jordan gives is really neat. He says, sometimes the winter is so cold here that the sap freezes and trees burst. There are nights when you can hear them crackling like fireworks, and the air is so sharp you think that you might shatter too. Like, there are that. Mm-hmm. He, so, like, it, it's really neat that he has given us these descriptors because it really puts that imagery into our mind and it makes us feel like maybe he has experienced this before. I don't know much about his past. I really have done a good job of not researching the author as well um, because I don't want it to kind of instigate my thoughts about what he does. But I really do enjoy that imagery. And I remember I went up to Michigan in negative 14 degree weather so I can definitely feel the cold that he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Matt's complaining about how cold it is. And Lance says, well, this is spring in the borderlands. He said, if you want warmth, we'll have it when we get to the blight. So obviously you get the idea that the blight's warm. Um, but uh, this is actually spring weather. It's not even that cold. And, and as they move along, they realize all the farms are all abandoned. Um, but they're recently abandoned. Um, you know, they, 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 Perrin actually with a super wolf eyesight can see the rust on a scythe, a scythe blade um, and uh, surprises Rand by that. But yeah, um, and, and like I said, Matt's is growling about being cold. Well, I think um, one and, of the biggest things is like you had a Gwen who's just like the curtains in the windows. They look too light for winter curtains even here. Uh, so the, the ladies had their perspective. They were looking at the home. And then you had the men's perspective of, well, there's no rusts on the side. So it couldn't have been out in the open for more than a week. A little sexist by Jordan, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one, one of the things that people do complain about Jordan. Is, of course, it was written in the 90s. Um, and, um, you know, he does actually uh, stereotype gender roles a lot. As we've seen already, and we will see again. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, like I said, Matt's growing about the cold. Um, Rand tries one last ditch effort to convince uh, Gwaine and Nynaeve not to come anymore. Um, you know, to, to stay back. They don't have to go to the blight. It says, "Loyal, you don't have to go either." And Loyal says, "No, I want to beat the Green Man." Which I um, I know we've talked about the Green Man before, but I don't know if we put the two and two together. Um, you know, what does the Green Man have to do with the Eye of the World? But I found this, inter- this interchange interesting. Yeah, he's like, Elder. Wait, are we supposed to know the answer? <laughs> no, I'm just asking you guys what your thoughts are. He said, Elder Hammond always <laughs> talks about his meeting with the Green Man, and so does Father and most of the elders. So apparently, the Green Man definitely loves the Ogier for whatever reason. Of course, we have this idea that the Green Man's very much about nature, and the Ogier very much about nature as well. So like thinking about my parallel with Lord of Lord of the Rings. Nope. About my parallel with, um, with Game of Thrones. You know, we have our children of the forest type people here. <laughs> um, I really like the fact that it's like the stories say the green man is hard to find and no one can find him twice. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, something that they that the stories all say. So that that 
most people can't get to them or ever find them. And then we have mentioned the songs again. They talk about the tree songs, which songs Uh become an apparent reoccurring theme so far throughout this novel with the tinkers looking for their song. And we have our, you know, two river folk using songs to make money. And the stories are all the same, though the titles change throughout the different parts of the land, which is really neat, but it's kind of the oral history, I guess. So can't wait to actually hear one of these songs. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the relationship between the green man and the eye of the world, like, uh, I mean, I haven't really pieced it together in my mind, but like what I'm kind of picturing so far and go ahead and laugh at this because I do when, when I picture it in my head, What's the which one is the Indiana Jones movie where they're going after the Holy Grail? Last Crusade. Last Crusade, right? And uh, that really old knight that's like guarding the Grail at the end. I think it's actually it's Lancelot. Yeah, it is Lancelot. Is it Lancelot? Dang God, think, it's yeah. been years since I've watched it. But okay, so like the Green Man is kind of like in my mind that the it's not one and the same as the Eye of the World, but he's like the keeper of it, or like sure. the the mouthpiece, the being that you can interact with when you're in the presence of the eye of the world, whatever that might be. But sure. as of right, as of right now, I just, in my mind, I read the green man and for whatever reason, I'm picturing this really old night that, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I got. And, and, and no one heeds uh, Rand's request. I mean, the girls are like, yeah, we're part of it too. We're coming. There's nothing you can do to talk us out of this. Um, no matter how dangerous it is. Um, and then we get to actually more description of Faldara. And it's you wait, know, wait. A very what? wait, 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 wait. We got to, I'm not going to wait for you to go on and then pull a Chris and go back. <laughs> I got to stop where we're at. Okay. So, Cause this is, the, this is like the first line I, I underlined here. Uh, and our characters make a point of it also, but it's significant. Um, when Nynaeve is responding, she corrects herself. She says, if you boys, you mm-hmm. men can do what has to be done. When you'd rather do almost anything else, why do you think I would do less or Egwene? Uh, and then further down, as she trotted toward she Moraine, Matt men. said, she <laughs> called us men. It seems like only yesterday she was saying we shouldn't be off the leading strings. Now she calls us men. Uh, like this, this is a pretty, I mean, it's a significant uh, rites of passage moment. Um, you got to go all the way back to the beginning and, understanding the role of the the wisdom and naive in that village and to be able to get that sort of respect and that recognition from her is a big deal to them. So whether she truly means it or whether she's saying it to like help give them the courage she knows they're going to need either way, it's, that's a pretty significant transition. Mm. It's not for somebody to shoot their shot. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, um, uh, just a quick correction because Discord did correct us. In Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, it is not Lancelot. It is credited as the Grail Knight. Um, he was from the Crusades long after the Arthur Atherian era. So it's not okay. Lancelot. It's Grail Knight. So. We love our Discord. <laughs> just, just, yeah, our Discord likes to uh, correct us all the time. But I just wanted to, like, we don't want to spread fake news on this podcast. So, well, And I definitely uh, don't want to be wrong <laughs> about that. So, yeah. Uh, hey, wait, hold on. Edit this in there so people that listen to it later uh, just assume I'm right all the time. Uh, so the night was uh, the Grail Night, and um, yeah, that's. 
Exactly. Yeah. Definitely uh, not Lancelot, well, Alan. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you're talking about? All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So yeah. So now we get to Fodara, and we get a nice description of this city, um, and it's definitely more practical than the other ones, like where. Uh, every city they've been to so far, yeah, they had walls, but the walls were really shiny and pretty and uh, had nice curves to, you know, really, really, you know, uh, uh, more aesthetically pleasing lo- walls uh, and, and looks um, and design. Whereas this it is just fortified. Like I said, the um, town of Faldara was built on the hills higher than the surrounding country. It was nowhere near as big as Camelin, but the walls around it as high as Camelin's. For a full mile outside the wall, in every direction, the ground was clear of anything taller than grass, and that cut low. Nothing could come close without being seen from one of the many tall towers topped by wooden hoardings. Where the walls of Camelin had been beautiful about them, the builders of Faldara seemed to have cared if anything, excuse me, if anyone found their walls beautiful. The gray stone was grimly implacable proclaiming that it existed for one purpose alone to hold i think that right there was it to hold we are now entering like the land of the warriors like we have come to the spot where we're going to hit like the badass people i'm excited yeah this is like a this is like uh, in Game of Thrones, like the wall, like the people that, that the, the what, what are they mm-hmm. called? The, the crows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones who check, exactly. check the realms. <laughs> yeah. For Mordor. I mean, it's all just, all, all of their buildings and, and their houses, even here's some description about like the tall peak houses. Uh, You're, every, everything is words going in and out from it. Ian, do you want to stop and yeah, you're going in and out. In my Discord or in Anchor. Anchor. All right, how am I right now? It's that going robot for me. Fine to me. I can't tell you. Okay, does yeah. it it's just on my end? Okay. Huh. You have robot Interesting. ears. Interesting. Okay. Maybe I do. Maybe it's this headset. Okay. Just go ahead. Right, we'll take a pause and go ahead and start. Let's see if I remember where I was going. Uh, so in, in this area, the buildings and everything, uh, it's all about being practical. There's little to no effort into putting any type of aesthetically pleasing anything. It's all just function. And even as we get further into the chapter, not even that much further, as they're looking around as to to what the people are doing, it's because they are just constantly in uh, a prepare for war mode. So it's one, they have to make it practical. It needs to be able to, you know, defend them and they need to have multiple layers of defense, but also they, they don't have the time for those type of arts, you know, to sculpt this and the other and make things look pretty on the wall. And now they're, they're building arrows and, uh, swords and axes, and it's just. Now you're going in and out for me. Yeah, same here. But I got the got the gist of it. So, so um, so as they approach, to land tells them to show their faces, 
um, explains the law here that no one's allowed to cover their faces um, with it. It's, it's to and and Matt kind of laughs about it, saying, "Why is that?" And he says, "So they don't so they don't think you're a fade." You know, and Matt immediately shuts up. Hmm. Uh, um, and, and then they get there and they can see everyone's packed into the city. Uh, the city is very very. Full of people. Obviously, everyone's left the countryside. They're all inside the city, and and people are cheering as they go in. Um, they're saying these weird words that that the crew has no idea. Like Rand and Matt and Perrin have no idea what these things mean. But they're saying Daishan, Daishan, and glory to the builders in a bunch of old tongue. Um, and then, will the golden crane fly again? And and everyone's shouting and cheering for land of all people. And. Uh, and they have no idea what's going on, why people are excited to see land. But what did you guys think about this when you first read it? I mean, I got excited. I've I've been a land fan, and you you could tell there was always a little bit more than meets the eye. And then we got a little bit of a hint from the description from men about what surround, surrounded land, and we've heard some. Uh, description from Moraine and what what did what did she call him like the Lord of the Seven Towers or uh, King of the Seven right. Towers or however she described it. But there was always like these hints of how much more awesome he is. I already know he's awesome, but there's like a a history to him. Uh, so like yeah, I was I was stoked that we were going to get a little bit more of that backstory. I believe we even have a uh, yeah. Can't think of the word right now. We kind of determined that he was a king. And we did the parallel with Lord of the Rings. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, uh, That's right. We definitely did that. So I think yep. we proved uh-huh. we have one right. There we go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding. Which would be our second one so true, far. True, true. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll get to a lot more of that uh, actually next chapter. But we get a little bit here. Uh, but yeah, obviously they're really excited to see land. Um, they're also excited to see an ogier. So go to the. I think that's really oil. cool that they actually recognize um, what an ogier is, because every other city he's been in, they've been right. freaked the heck out. And here we go, he's actually like right praised, which is really cool. Sure. And and that's and gotta, I think part of that that has to be refreshing. That has to be refreshing to loyal because in many of the other places he's traveled especially much further south, uh, apparently a lot of people don't know and just confused him as a Trolloc and freaked out. So somehow either they've been visited by one before or they've done such a good job in preserving the history uh, that, well, I guess they would have experienced so much experience with Trollocs that they would know that he's not a Trolloc, like they would notice the difference. But either way, they were able to recognize him instantly, which is, you know. That is. That that and we know Ogiers go meet the Green Man, so we know that Ogiers go go to the sure. eye of the world. Yeah, and yeah. You assume that you're traveling. Hey, Ian, what, right? So. so they've probably question. Go yeah, ahead, yeah. finish your statement. I have a question for you. No, no, I got nothing. I was just saying. I, got you. I was just saying. Ogiers travel. Bird was on yeah. the sword. Oh shoot! Oh man, I don't know. On which sword? Are I'm we talking, talking about, about which, on uh, on good grief, brain fart. <laughs> yes, on the Rams. Rams? Oh, the I thought Rams. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. A heron. Edit that anyway. out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. I've, I've right, done so that yeah, before. So they, the city's packed with people, and uh, and then they head to the keep, and he also describes the keep. Um, you know, as as they get in, um, as, as they go, go to this this you know dull, gr- grim looking structure in the center. Obviously, again, practical. The layers of walls and the inner keep, and you're you're going in and out for me. How about now, baby? Sounds great. So, with the layers and layers of just physical security that they have here—the outer walls, the inner walls, the inner keep, and whatnot. It's this whole place is desi- designed, um, it, at least as I'm reading it, uh, going through, it's designed to be like a no shit. This is the last stand. We can't, there's no running away from here. Um, we have to hold this line sort of place. At least that's how I read it when, when we first started going through. We got better descriptions of um, how the borderlands have kind of shifted over time and why they did. Um uh-huh. But yeah, that definitely stood out to me. The descriptions of the keep and yeah. right, and and like and the, the courtyard Alamo. weapons are being made. It, yeah, and we, you talked about this already, like how weapons are just being made at a rapid pace. Like there's like six smiths going and fletchers everywhere, and there's making arrow swords like in a factory. Well, I think what really re- got um, me was which, the fact which, that which, um, I think it's how you pronounce this name, Ingatar. Said, I am glad Ingtar. that Paul reached you, Daishan. Yeah. Like that right there in itself just kind of shows, hey, what, what call was it sent out there? Like, where was it sent to? Like, are they really in that dire distress? If they're doing all this preparation and they're putting calls out there, like, how bad is it really? And I mean, he even, Lan even asked the question, like, is it really that bad? So I think our timeline seems to be speeding up at a rapid pace when it comes to you know the Trollocs really coming out and, and doing some stuff so I'm, I'm interested to see how the end of the book is going to play out sure so yeah they um Ingtar you know does we meet like I said we meet Ingtar and I wanted to know your initial thoughts of this character because we are meeting some new characters here so what your thoughts are of him Bitch first boy. thoughts super optimistic <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very optimistic, uh, but in a good way. Not, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Don't have that much of a good read on him yet. I don't know if it's just being naive or uh, maybe he just has such faith in their purpose. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Probably sure. a little young and naive. Yeah, and he talks about how the raids are getting a lot worse, and um, and, and that the uh, uh, Trollocs are building an army. Um, you know, and that they're, they're going to have to fight him soon. So they get into this room where they're going to meet Algamar, who's the lord of this of, of Valdara. Um, he's not the king. Uh, Shinar's capital is actually further south uh, at Falmara, I believe is what it is. But um, uh, this is kind of like the one of the largest city outposts. I call it a city, a town outpost towards the Blight. So it's definitely a warring town. And Algamar's the lord of the town. So yeah, so we get to meet Algamar. 
So I love the the scene where we enter the room um, because, of course, it touches something very dear to my heart. So it ran I, um, beyond the tapestry. There was one on the tapestry. One held a two-handed sword taller than a man. Excuse me. There was racks. All right. I'm going to pause for a minute let you take that out. He said, in the room, there was a table, a chest, and a few chairs where the only furnishings, except for two racks on the wall, and they caught Rand's eyes as much as the tapestry. One held a two-handed sword taller than a man, a more ordinary broadsword, and below them, a studded mace and a suit of, excuse me, long kite-shaped shield bearing three foxes. From the other hung a suit of armor, complete and arranged as one would wear it, crest helm with a barred face guard over a double-mailed cam mail. Like, super cool, all the awesome armor. You can tell that this is the room of a man that's just, like, ready for war and ready to, to just destroy some stuff. For good reason, but <laughs> I think that's really cool. Sure. Sure. All right, quick pause. One is really good because um, he is taking a bathroom break right in the middle of this. And Chris, you went on Discord. So you have to reconfigure on Discord again. Gotcha. You went silent. So you have to turn Discord yeah. off, like disconnect, reconnect. What about me? Am I silent? I was probably silent for exactly two minutes and one second. Yeah. Okay, every, every, everyone's back. All right, so we just got the description of Algamar, so I'll I'll continue once we pause. Right. So yeah, so Algamar comes in, and uh, like you said, you get the description of the room and a little bit about him, and uh, lots of greeting. It's all pretty much old tongue. Um. You know, uh, so it's, I'm not going to try to pronounce all the old tongue that they're doing, but they do formal greetings. Uh, you know, greets Loyal differently and, and of course, greets uh, Land differently as, as Daishan, and, um, uh, which is obviously a title, um, and, and offers Moraine, uh, you know, a place to stay, all of them a place to stay for a long period of time. But Moraine kind of cuts them off and says, no, we just need one night. Uh, we have to keep moving. Time's of the essence. Um, and he kind of, He's, he's think that they've come to help them with the war they're about to fight. So there's just kind of this moment of confusion where they're just assuming that they've come to answer the call. Like they've, they've reached out to, I guess, all the nations saying, hey, we're about to get overrun by Trollocs. And I don't think anybody's gotten this call. No one knows this. Like that's the, at least that's the, the impression I get. Like if they're like, yeah, um, that's not where we're here, but how bad is it? Right. Um, and if Lan got that or Fimimrain, it never came across to us as readers. So uh Lan, I, I took it as him being a little bit surprised. Uh new we actually got some stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, Moraine says yeah, we have yeah, we have we, we can't go to Tarwin's Gap. Um and that's also on the map that we refer to before. Um and and you know Inktar had boasted, you know, we've always pushed them back from Tarwin's Gap, and we'll do it again. Um, and all this good stuff. And, uh, um, you know, as Ian said, being a little bit um, over-optimistic, and Algamar doesn't think they'll actually win time. They, they think that this is pretty much 
a done deal. The Chalk's going to win. Yeah. That they're outnumbered ten to one. It is kind of crazy. Well, I if you have realize. an army full of lands, let's say if you have an army full of lands, ten to one, that's good. Up. <laughs> what? What? Repeat that one more time. I said, if your army was an army full of lands, ten to one, that's good odds. No big deal. Uh, oh, that's. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Did you just robot out on us? Hello. Did we lose Alan? I think we lost. We've Alan, all taken guys. a turn disappearing tonight. <laughs> Free for all. No one's in charge. No king. No king. La 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 la. <laughs> you fools. There will be a king. Chris will be king because I'm too lazy to deal with that mess. I'm gonna let. What can we say on here that he'll never hear? <laughs> no way he edits at all. <laughs> oh, I wonder if it still records on Anchor. I mean, mine's um, recording. Oh, is still he running. didn't. Yeah, we need to double down on our prediction that Alan is a dark friend. Yes, definitely. Because he is. Yeah, I mean, Alan and is he really he, he keeps forgetting to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I just now thought to message him. Let's <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Let's make sure he, let's make sure he's okay. All of you on Discord, we love you. All right, I'm getting dots. Yeah, this is weird. You and I could talk to each other, but we can't hear the Discord people, and we can't see their chat, and we can't hear Alan. Yeah, <laughs> he thinks he's talking. You must have muted yourself, Alan. <laughs> Alan quit on us, guys, so um, we need a new host. Anybody like to jump in, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to learn just enough anchor to be able to invite you into this. At this point, I don't know that Alan was kind of our guy for that. Alan's so. our guy for everything. Yay. Yay. Okay, can you guys hear me now? We can hear I you. I can hear you. Okay, I had, to restart my here. I had to restart my phone. It was just really weird. Um, I tried doing some test recording. I tried doing some tests. I stopped the session, tried to like do a session just for myself, and it wasn't recording anything. So it wasn't the mic, it was my phone, which is weird. Oh, are you an iPhone user, Alan? No, I use a droid. Oh, good. Yeah. So anyway. I will say, you know, that was was a little scary. Yeah. Because it wasn't scary when you left because Chris and I still had each other. And we were still chatting a little bit. Yeah. And then you ended the anchor session. And then we couldn't hear anybody. Yeah. <laughs> because everybody on Discord were deaf in there and they can't talk to us. So, yeah. I didn't hear you. But I was. So, yeah. It got really quiet. I'll just share with us later um, all that stuff. So, let's take a brief pause and I'll just take. Where, where, where did I cut out? We're talking about the army being 10 to 1. There you go. Uh, you were on the last three pages of the book, and you were going to tell us what happens there. 
Sure. In the last three. All right. So I'll do a brief pause and I kind of take off, take, take off right where I think we left off. Anyway. So, yeah. So Inktar or, or Algamar is definitely thinks that they've come to join this fight. Um, and they haven't. And he starts just going on and on about land, calling him a battle lord, and you know, uh, you know, and ask them again, "Are you coming? Are you coming? You know, you're you're meant to come and reclaim your land." And, and as they're saying this, land just crushes a silver goblin in his hands, like obviously getting really pissed off. Like he's saying, "Like I'm a warder. I'm not here to fight your battle." Um, and and land seems pissed. <laughs> hmm. um, you know, he must follow Moraine. He's a warder. He's not here to fight. And you know, fight in Tarn's gap. Um, so Algamar, you know, changes and starts pleading to Moraine, you know, but she says, Our battle is elsewhere, our battle is at the eye. Um, so thoughts about this whole interchange? Well, this is, I don't think that reading this, I didn't get the feeling that Lan is truly torn between the two fights. Like, I think he knows that the one he's on is important. Uh, but, but definitely uh, being here and hearing this plea from Algamar, uh, it's bringing up history. Now, like he was a baby when he left, but, you know, we find out later he was still trained and, and those people there probably taught him a hundred percent of the history. So he knows who he is and, and what's in his blood and what he was originally born to do. Uh, so so that's kind of trying on him. So I think that's a lot of what his frustration is there as well. It's not like he feels like uh, I'm bound as a warder, so I can't help you. It's like, no, I, you know, the, the warder shit's pretty important. This quest that he's on right now is a pretty important. Uh, and he's he's definitely you know, invested in that. But yeah, this is, this is bringing up a lot of, a lot of history and shit that he's pissed about family history. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool how much they value the abilities that land and Moraine have. Like we've got little glimpses here and there, but you know, a few pages back, he's like, I have no right to ask it of you but you would be worth a thousand lances in Tarwin's gap. And you, Dyson, a thousand men will, come, men will come when they hear the golden crane flies once more. So, like, these two individuals that we have followed throughout the book clearly kick ass. And they're definitely needed. So it's, it's really cool. Um... But then, of course, Lan has that internal struggle, like the Seven Towers are broken. Malkir is dead. Um, there are a few people left and were scattered throughout the world. I am a warder now. Like, that continues to be his answer. And then Moraine comes back, and she's like, hope is not lost yet. I think that's really Lan's bigger struggle, is that he realizes that um, Algamar is desperate. And I don't think that's something that Lan is used to hearing from his war-ridden friend who comes back every time as, like, triumphant. It's this fear that he may not come back. Mm-hmm. Like, you can mm-hmm. hear that desperation yeah. in his voice. I think that probably bothers Lan more than he wants to let on because Lan knows 
that he needs to go help with the larger battle because if they can win the larger battle, then the smaller battle will kind of take care of itself. It's like that whole, you know, we have this idea of the hive mentality with the Trolloc. You know, if you can kill the queen, then the rest of the war is kind of over with. Right. So if we can get rid of, rid of Bialzaman, then we can, you know, end the Trolloc fight for good. Sure. And, um, hold on, there's a helicopter going over my house. Give me a second. <laughs> Gotta love it. Tonight anyway, so, tonight is the night. Um, Tonight's a microcosm of 2020. Yes. Like, well, <laughs> welcome to the new year, guys. Well, well, this, this is it. it. Oh, this is what's going on. Okay. So, um, you know, he looks over the group and kind of just, it, it, I think this is a really funny scene because he's like, so you're going to go up to the light with just you guys? Like, you have two girls. Um, are they Aes Sedai? I don't think so. And then you have maybe one fighting man and then maybe two looking at Perrin. You know, like, and these, these are young kids. Like, I send some of my forces at least with you. Um, you know, let me, get, let me send 100 lances with you. And Lance says, you know, 100 would draw too much attention and 1,000 would not be enough. Um, you know, they have to go in a small group. So. Yep. And this- yeah, I, I would ass- I would assume, like, at least Rand, maybe not Matt right now, but Rand and Perrin, they, they've got to be putting together. They, they've got an idea of how much further they have to travel now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lands is set, essentially setting this up. Moran's setting it up like, yeah, uh, you know, you could take a thousand of these guys. It may not help. We need to just be stealthy, and we just need to hope that we don't have to fight anybody between here and the eye of the world. Right. Uh, so you you would think is is I don't want to say wise, but Rand has sometimes been very good on picking up on these things. Um, he, he's got to be starting to freak out about about what lies ahead. I mean, this is just going to be a a sprint to the finish line, and and hope you don't spring a trap. Or well, something. his internal monologue kind of goes to that. It says that sort of struggle means using the power. And he said that in reference to um, the assumption that the Lord of Faldara assumed that the ladies would be the one fighting the battle. But then he also has that internal, I too can use the power, and that freaks him out. Because is there an expectation that he'll have control of the power by the time they have to face you know, the Dark One? Because we know that's not going to happen. Like this is they're days away from an actual interaction, supposedly. At this point, I don't see that happening. Um, but you know, <laughs> he's freaked out by it. Yeah, he, he's just he. Well, and he's overhearing a lot of conversation. I guess you know. I said he's probably putting it together now, and maybe not. A lot of this is getting thrown at him, but within the next couple of hours. Uh, you know, whenever he has time to sit and think to himself, you know, maybe as they go to sleep, whatever, like this has got to sink in, like, like how serious this shit is getting right now for him. Uh-huh. Completely. Yeah. Like they were offered, they were offered an army and Landon Moraine said, no, thank you. Right. Like that. Ah, man. Oof. Yeah. I'd be nervous. And, and then Moraine drops the bomb saying, well, I know how to get to the Iowa world. I've been there before. And they all kind of like, well, then you can't go because you can only get there once. Like you can't, 
find it more than once. And she kind of says, needs the key. And we have more need than anyone ever has before. Um, and plus, she has a secret weapon. She has an Ogier. And as Loyal points out, Taviran as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that, that jumped out to me. We, we talked before about what is special about Moraine as an Aes Sedai. And, you know, we, we find out what color crayon she is. <laughs> um, is she, what it, was she blue Aja? Is that what yeah. it was? Right, right. And I, I'm not even going to pretend to know 100% what that means right now, but we, we have hints of what that means. But we even, we even talked about, like, the fact that she's traveling alone on what seems to be, like, this very important mission. Um. There's other eyes that I traveling around doing other things, going after Loghain, doing X, Y, Z. But she got picked for this. Uh-huh. There's something special about her. And then we find out that she's already been to the eye of the world. Uh, and I would assume, does it say she met the green man? I'm assuming yeah. they go hand in hand. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm wondering, like, if in that meeting something was revealed to her or something was revealed about her that she was going to be part of this. But I mean, that just jumped out like, Oh, maybe that meeting, that encounter is what, what singled her out as the I said, I, uh, to go after these boys. Yeah, and, and yeah. We, we skipped over two words. That's very important. It wasn't just need is the key. It was need is the key and intention. Uh-huh. You know, and being very intentional in what you're doing means that you have an understanding or or at least you have created an understanding of what needs to happen for yourself or somebody's done it for you. How do we know that the green man didn't send her on this mission? Right. So I'm agreeing with you. And if you're go- yeah. If you're going seeking glory, that's another thing it says as well, that it will not appear for those to seek glory. And um, then what makes the Ogier so special? Maybe it's their natural intuitive ability to use magic that allows them to sense the green man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, at this point they all finish their dinners, they pass out pipes. Um, you know, and Loyal kind of they're kind of just talking and Loyal's you know and I love the scene because they pass the types and say they're the finest two rivers to back. Um, you know, it's just like, oh. so so they're so they're getting high as a kite right now. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, all these boys are from the two rivers. And I don't think even uh, even even Agomar uh, knows that they're from the two rivers at this point. <laughs> so I thought it was just really funny, kind of callback scene. Um, and and loyal is um, you know hoping was hoping to see the groves, but you know and asks about them and says you know those destroyed in the Trollic Wars, everything was destroyed. You know the city, the whole nation, we rebuilt. But yeah, they, they've been long, long gone. Um, and then, and then he gives this really nice scene where Land does some poetry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, poetry out of Land. Yeah. <laughs> the man was like an onion. Every time Rand thought he knew something about the water, he discovered another layer underneath. So, I'm guessing. Uh, shit, what was Shrek. that movie? Shrek, Big Green Ogre. Shrek. Shrek. So, so Shrek, Shrek stole from Robert Jordan right yeah. here. <laughs> well played. Well played. 
And then our, our friend Inktar comes back in and says, there's a, there's a stranger that tried to enter the town. It's, nothing, it's just a small thing. Um, you know, yeah, no, no big, big deal. deal. No big deal. And, 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 and Agamar is like, wait, that this can't be a small thing. Um, you know, he was ca- caught scaling the wall. And he's a madman. Um, and Agamar's like, bring him to me right now. This, is, this can't be a small thing. Um, and uh, they said the dark friends were trying to salt through the gate earlier that day. And they got, they got caught by the mob of the citizens and got beat up and killed before they questioned them. So things are happening and like, it's just, things are not right. You know, you have Trollocs are building an army, there's dark friends in the city. And now you have this madman scale on the wall. And then, and then we bring the madman in, we get a description. We figure out immediately who this is. Oh no, Chris yeah. and I knew who this was. Chapter five. Like what? <laughs> right. All right, so 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 all joking aside though, once you started reading about all right, there's this madman Pat that's did you immediately yep. think Pat and Fane? Okay, well, okay I did so too. Take a step back. Instantly. I don't know if we got I lucky on that fair. or I'm curious. I'm gonna ask I was like, maybe maybe the random person is Tom and he's just like been touched by the taint a little too much. I was like, it's either him or Pat and Fame. Definitely think it's Pat and Fame, but I had this hope that we were gonna get our hero back. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But- yeah, so the, I, what I was going to say is uh, this is where uh, I got to get uh, some input from our listeners and get them to think about their first time reading through, or especially if we have first time readers out there. Like, I I didn't think it was anybody else. I don't know why. I can't really point to something that says this is why I thought it was Pad and Fane, but you and I have kind of been building on this. And once they mentioned, I was like, oh, it's Pad and Fane. I, but it's not the extent of what all is going on. I didn't really, ha- I didn't know any of that. Yeah, and that, that's what I was convinced. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I was about to get to that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that part I did not know. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, didn't see that. But then coming. you get what really who Pat and Fane really is, um, and he's not just your normal. No, well, he is, he says, you've caught you've no cause to hold me like this the filthy man whined i'm only a poor destitute abandoned by the light and seeking a place like everyone else to shelter from the shadow now that term the shadow isn't used that often so i think that's really cool he's using a different title the borderlands are a strange or then algamar is like the borderlands are a strong place to seek then matt instantly the peddler and then Perrin, Perrin, he's like, oh, Pat and Fane. Like, everyone's like, the beggar? All of these titles for him suddenly just, like, come out. And then you see the hatred that flared in Fane's eyes. And then they're like, he's the man who was asking about us in Camelin. He has to be. So now they're finally figuring out what we knew so long ago. <laughs> but but hold on, Chris. Remember when... uh. Beelzeman was speaking in one of the dreams before something, or was it Beelzeman? Or am I thinking all the way back to the prologue about being uh, known by many names? Oh no, I think you're right. It might be in the prologue. I think that was Beelzeman. Yeah, it might be Beelzeman. Either, either way, yeah, it might have been Beelzeman. But like that kind of struck me there, where it was, you know, this crazy man wandering around. No, it's the peddler. No, it's Padding Fane. No, it's the beggar. And it's all these different names for the same being. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that kind of yeah. triggered me. I was like, "Hmm, little, little Basilmon." Yeah, <laughs> little sprinkle, sprinkle. Well, we we figure a little bit more about Basilmon is that he made Fane his his hound, 
but not just recently, like years, like three years ago, like, um, and, and yeah, he changes personalities back and forth and we'll get more into it next chapter when Marine comes back for the report. But, uh, Marine, you know, our, and this scene feigns changing back and forth between personalities, even accents. They, they mentioned that as well. Um, he said, there's a misunderstanding here. Great Lord. I am sometimes taking, taken by spells, but that will soon pass. Yes, soon I'll be rid of them. And this is after he goes, I didn't want to, Fane began to cry, fat tears cut, runnels in the dirt on his cheeks. But they were unable to reach the bottom layer. He made me, him and his burning eyes. Like that, got a reaction from everybody. Rand flinched. Matt went straight for the dagger. He made me a sound. So it's kind of like that Gullum with the one ring. That's what I started to imagine here. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to have to take some fantastic acting. They've, man, this could steal the, this could steal the show right at the end of Eye of the World. Sure. And and one thing that, that, that Rafe, he's, uh, Rafe's, Rafe Judkins is the showrunner for, for the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one thing he said is that in the first, knowing the story, in the first scene when you meet Pat and Fane and he steps off his his cart with his grandiose thoughts, he said when, when he saw him do it, actually when they're filming this, that scene, he said it gave him chills. Like, it was that perfect, like, almost scary, like, like he did it well. Like, uh, like it's like, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so apparently, this actor's doing a really good job. But we'll see. We can judge for ourselves, of course. But yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fantastic role. Um, and, and you know, he, cl- he immediately starts claiming that he can defeat the shadow. That you know, he has secret information, and, and Moraine's kind of calling bullshit on it. She says something to Matt real fast to calm him down. Um, you know, whispers in his ear, and then um, starts to walk towards uh, Fane. And Fane immediately starts to like, you know, cower again and immediately goes back into his, um, you know, his, his old ways are, you know, goes back into quivering, not, not as prideful and, and confident as he was. Um, and, and Moraine immediately says, you know, he's, he's super dangerous. I need to interrogate him immediately. Uh, no, no, no. And that's how we end the chapter with, uh, with Moraine having to uh, take him to interrogation. No time to clean him up. I need, I need to, to get to the bottom of this right now. Yeah, I love the way she so, yeah. did it. She said, he's less than human, worse than vile, more dangerous than you could imagine. He can be bathed after I've mm-hmm. spoken to him. I dare not waste a minute. Who would have yep. thought? Even with all of our joking and back and forth, and we had this idea that he's going to be this grandiose bad guy, like we were saying it in jest, but here we have all of our thoughts confirmed. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to go back and uh, re-listen to us, Chris, from when we first met Pat and Fane, because I think we both, we called them out as like having the type of personality that was just at risk of, you, I don't know, you, Ian, you hate, being a giant dude. You hate him at first. Like, Chris was calling my boy. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Okay. My boy Fane. I, I just remember. Boy Fane <laughs> and, 
like he was like, I don't like this guy at all. I was like, Chris, Chris definitely took a while to get suspicious. I think it wasn't until Barrelon that Chris got on the we don't like Patrick Strange train. But um, yeah, I just I I've never had warm fuzzies about this guy. He he yeah. always he creeped me out from the get go. But, but then I think in, in Barrelon, you guys thought he was a white cloak spy. You thought his motives were around money and trying to get his you know livelihood back. Or he could be dark friend or he could be a double agent. Sure. Right. So. A secret agent man. <laughs> secret. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, he's a, he's a horrible person. Yeah. We don't like, we don't like him. now. Yeah. Any other thoughts in this chapter before we move on to the next one? Thank you. Lan yeah. is the man. <laughs> I man, Lan's pretty badass. Uh, yeah, he is. That's gonna how uh, I'm gonna summarize the next chapter by saying Lan is he the man. Puts the crown on and takes this gigantic sword and drives it into somebody. The end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Somebody, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. We'll take a quick break. I know I have to refill my wine glass and use the restroom. Um, so everybody Discord. Um, yep, both. Um, yeah, so we will do that. I will let Fred into this room, and you guys can have fun with Fred until we get back. So we'll be back in five minutes or so. Um, but uh, Fred will be allowed in, uh, give special permission to be in. So as of right now, Fred, Fred is in. Guys can play music away, do whatever you want. Um, and we'll be back. What's up? Good much. I'm excited for this chapter. I'm excited for, for, for both these chapters. This has been awesome. Can't believe we're almost done. Let me get rid of uh, Fred. Sorry, guys. We're destroying Fred. We're coming back on. Destroy. Who is um, Fred, by the way? I don't understand. Oh, Fred's our, our jukebox. So we have uh, we have a jukebox pretty much that we can. Um, okay, because I've been in when Fred's in there and the music's been playing. And I'm like, yeah, I um, never thought to ask the question. Yeah, Fred. Fred's our jukebox. Um, yeah, I'm did, taking them. Did you name him Fred, or does he come that way? Uh yeah, he came that way. His Fred Boat is the name of the app. Okay. So, but I, I didn't know, enough, like Alan's the bomb dot com at this stuff, <laughs> and he is very much appreciated because we would be compl- if it was left to me and Ian. Yeah. Y'all we, would, we would know that's a long. <laughs> we would sing to you if you asked for music, and it, if it was coming from me, it wouldn't sound that great. Yeah. So everyone in Discord can hear all of us now. So I, I'm assuming you guys can. Uh, can you yep, hear yep, me now? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Everybody can hear everybody. So cool. Ian could probably sing better better than me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do some karaoke one night or something. Um, <laughs> um, I, have, I have a theory. So our first session was really horrible. I think it was just the session was bad. Like when it cut me out, it kept making you go robot and everything like that. And I have a theory now. I, I, I complained to Anchor earlier today, so I think they're just effing with us. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ag- Agamar. Um, it's entirely possible. Agamar. Ag- Ag- Agamar. Yeah, that's what I say. Agamar. I might have said Agamar, but Agamar. It's a, you know, at the, tomato, tomato. Uh, <laughs> the Lord algorithm shows up and it's like, it's check out my parabolic curve and. <laughs> the algorithms in Shaldara. Um, so, um, yeah. So, thank you guys for sticking around, waiting for us. Uh, Lord Algorithm. Yeah, that's what we're going to call him from now on. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be like Kitty, um, one of our uh, people. Uh, if you if you go to, uh, uh, she's in Reading I Actually, she's now on Dragon Reborn. So, but uh, she's she's been posting a lot and giving everybody nicknames. So, Egwene nice. is Egg Whites. Um, yes, I love it. Ink, ink, ink tar is ink, ink tar. Um, <laughs> Does it mean he sticks around for a while? Then is that what we're gathering here? Uh, he, he might, he might be around for at least this book. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, he might be sure. around for right now. Uh, yeah, so, anyway, um, he might be back. He might not. We'll, we'll find out. Um, he's at least in this next chapter. I think a little bit, right? Isn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, we still have like six years and three weeks left. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we're we're still we're still going strong. So, um, and then next week, of course, we are doing two two chapters again because the final one we're doing four chapters for the final episode, just because they're they're you I can't I can't I was gonna break it up, but there's it's just you can't once you get to those final four chapters I can't do that to you guys. Um, Thank you. We'll we'll just we're gonna yeah. You're you're gonna be mad about doing two next next week, but. I have to, I can't do six and one, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where we are. You, you know what I just realized guys, what? You, you know how crazy stuff is right now? Like in all of our introduction about everything going on this last week, we did not, we didn't even mention how cool it was that we just slung two humans off of American soil into space. We did. Yeah. We didn't even mention that. Um, and like that, that was like actually real. Like I made it a point to watch it. I don't know if you guys did, and I got oh, my kids to watch it. And yeah, I got my kids to watch it. We talked about it a lot. Like that's a huge freaking deal. But <laughs> it like pales in comparison to all this other bull crap that's yeah, going on. One of the one of the best memes I saw is like you took the, you picked the perfect time to leave the Earth. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like who's that going to space? <laughs> right. Screw this crap. Well, I, I saw one like calling them cowards. Like, no, you two get your asses back here and deal with this bullshit with the rest <laughs> of them. Like, <laughs> you don't get a pass. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Nah, Laughed nervously. Uh, it, 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 it went Ooh. off uh, without a hitch. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive. I mean, SpaceX is always impressive. But uh, first time a private it company's was- ever sent someone to space. Um, and just really cool. But, yeah. I got very nerdy about it. It's awesome. So did I, but my wife was recording my, my son watch it. Of course you can hear me in the background, like getting super excited. Like, all right, all right, here we go. Miko, 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 they're breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> in the background. Anyway. So, uh, I was like, I can't post on social media cause I'm just like geeking out in the background. Um, <laughs> so th- there's a video out there somewhere. My son's reaction with you hear my commentary in the background. Cause I'm super excited. Oh, that's great. So anyway, so maybe I'll add in a little bit about that, splice that in. Um, uh, <laughs> we just talked about it. Uh, I, I, power of editing. So there you anyway, go. So we'll do a brief pause and then um, and we'll get right into the next chapter.
All right, so moving on to chapter 47, more tales of the wheel. And the icon is ravens. So um, this one had, you know, Faldara was just the name of the city. Now we have it's a little more of a cryptic name of a chapter. So, you know, we talked about before that you're hoping to get more about the powers for that. But kind of, not really. Um, this is more about land. But, um, but what do you guys think about the title title now that you've read it? Or even before. <laughs> and the icon, Ravens. Well, lo- looking at it at first, um, just the title, More Tales of the Wheel. Um, tales being more a already happened, telling a story that already happened, uh, was hoping for a little bit more background as to how we got to where we were. But I will, in saying that, when when I was hoping for that, I in no way, shape, or form thought what we were going to get out of Pat and Fane, and uh, or what Moraine got out of them is what we were going to get. Like that, yeah. all of that, one hundred percent threw me for a loop. Didn't uh-huh. see it coming at all. Yeah, sure. I'm right there with you, and I completely agree. I was like, all right, so we're going to get a lot of background about something or someone, and we definitely got. A wild ride <laughs> one that you know we really 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 did not expect um but then again was it was the saying the will wills is the will weaves or the will weaves is the will wills the, the weaves. i never say yeah. it right <laughs> yeah, the will the will weaves as the will will wills yes so let it weave as it will <laughs> there we go so so yeah, and then of course you're the ravens as the icon. Um, you know, we've talked about that. Sometimes it has to do with you know the ravens watching, but then we also talked about Odin. You know, it could be a symbol of you know thought and uh, what's it thought and what are the two thought and what's the other raven's name? Odin's ravens. Thought and memory. Yeah. Thought and thought and memory of the yeah. two uh, ravens. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Um, so we start the chapter off with Rand pacing the room. Um, he's Super on edge, just wondering what's taking Moraine so long, and what he's what she's doing with Fane, what what she's asking Fane. He Matt's super edgy as well, kept on reaching for the dagger, and and you kind of get to go in the room and see what everyone's doing. Loyal's staring at the stone walls, like just studying the stone, uh, being an ogier. <laughs> hmm. He's he's just being an ogier. Uh, you can see him just slowly. He says, I think he stands in the middle of the room, slowly turns around, just kind of takes it all in, and you know, trying to try to figure things out. Um, and um, Egwene and Nynaeve are talking with Lord Algorithm, as we're going to call him now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lord, Lord, uh, Lord, I can't even say his real name anymore. I'm going to call him Algorithm. Um, Got you messed up. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> Agomar. Um, I'm talking to him. Um, I talk, the, the two of the girls are talking to him and, um, and uh, Gawain's asking about land. You know, what's all this Daishan? You know, what what does that mean? You know, why do they keep? What do they talk about the Golden Crane? You know, what is all this stuff? And um, and Rand overhears um, Algamar start to talk talk about land. Um, so yeah, so we get the story about land. I love um, how Gawain's asking well, the questions, but Nynaeve is the one studying intently. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a love connection there. I can almost guarantee it. Uh-huh. All right. This time I let you keep talking just so I can pull a legitimate Chris. And let's go back for a minute. 
Um, and let's go back to the very first paragraph. Um, this is where I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to Chris even further and give a nod uh, to Jordan in, in how he describes the anxiety that Rand is feeling. Um, I don't know it, with the amount of listeners we have, there's, there's probably some that have struggled with this over time. I know I've had my moments of anxiety and, and it's a spectrum of some nervous tics and, and sometimes where it's to the point of de- being debilitating. Uh, and then I've also had experience in uh, SEER training, uh, receiving and instructing and this, when I read this, knowing that Jordan has some military experience, I wonder if if he's, like, is he drawing on some experiences from POWs? Or this is even something that you'll see from people that have been uh, imprisoned or uh, kept in small confined areas for long periods of time. Um, the constant pacing, the counting of the steps, um, the, the counting of the times you cross room, this, that, and the other. This this is something like somebody experiencing a high level of anxiety because they have no control over anything else. Uh, they know there's a lot of shit that should be done, needs to be done. There's important things being decided, but they have no control over it. Um, this is like a uh, – I don't want to say like a – I don't know, just a perfect example of somebody that – is just anxious and and coming out of their skin, but can't do anything about it. So what do you do? You focus on like just the the basic. I'm walking in the room. The right. You're trying to you're you're trying to grasp and think about what you can control. But all all he can control is him walking around the room right so now. I have a little bit of so I'm mean, obsessive compulsive disorder linked to uh-huh. childhood depression and anxiety. And when I read this first scene, I highlighted it because that's exactly what happens to me when I'm in a high stress, high anxiety moment. I find something to count or I make it a point Mm -hmm. to turn something very small into something very significant just to give me something to feel important about. (laughs) So, yeah, I can definitely feel... A lot of that. So, Alan, I, I definitely, definitely am glad you brought that back up. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it makes me question, and of course we don't have an answer for it, like what did he draw on? Is it a personal experience, the author? Was it a personal experience that he drew upon to be able to write this so accurately? Um, or is this research and talking to people and trying to find a good way to write about it? I don't know, but – sure. I, I'd, I'd be curious if there's anything out there that speaks specifically on this. If you can write yeah. 14 novels about the same group <laughs> of characters, it's got to be some, some form of, of self-knowledge. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. When I, Like I brought up the seer thing because, honestly, it, you could take anybody and just put them in this crazy high stress, like just interrogating them, grilling them, whatever, do whatever you can to stress them out and then just put them in a small enclosed area and then just watch them. And yep. 99.9% of the time they do this. Mm. 
they walk around, they mumble to themselves, they count their steps. And it's like you said, it's, they feel so such a loss of control. They, they try to find something they can focus on and can control. Like anyways, it's very specific. I thought, so it jumped out to me anyways, back, back to like the actual point of this chapter. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you get to Land's story. So uh, we find out a lot about Land. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it and what you picked out of it, but you know, the first thing we find out is that Land's actually the, a king. Like literally, he's he's the uncrowned king of, of the Malkiri. He said, "Lord of the Seven Towers," an ancient title, Lady Egwene. Not even the High Lords of Tear have older, though the Queen of Andor comes close. He will not speak of it, yet the story is well known along the border. He is a king, or should have been. Alan is Mandagora? Mandragora. Lord of the Seven Towers, Lord of the Lakes, crownless king of uh, Malkir. So we, we get, again, this huge title attached to him. He said, we of... Uh, Shinar call ourselves bordermen, but fewer than 50 years ago, Shinar was not truly the borderland north of us, and of Arafel was Malkir. The lances of Shinar rode north, but it was Malkir that held back the blight. So peace favor her memory, and the light illuminate her name. Uh And And then he immediately goes into the story of how Malkir fell. Um, that that Lan's father was the king. Uh, Lane was the king's brother, um, and he led an army to the blight. Um, and Brain was um, his wife. Was his wife and was jealous of 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 Lan's dad. Um, you know, uh, and wanted her husband to be on the throne, but of course, her husband died. In while taking his army up north. Uh, to fight the Trollocs and the and the dark and the dark, you know, even the Shaogul himself had said that you know he didn't march that far, um, but ended up dying in that. Um, and she convinced this other guy, Cowan Fairheart, to try to become the king. And it started kind of like a, not start kind of. It started a civil war. Um, and what they didn't know is that Fairheart was actually a dark friend, <laughs> um, and used this as an excuse to. Uh, for the Trollocs to invade. Um, and after it was found out, um, the brain tried to escape, but was run down by Trollocs. And the king faced Fairheart in one-on-one single combat, but killed him. Um, but at this point, because of all the Civil War and all this other stuff, basically the forces were just... Uh, so you here's know, your time traveling, Tam. So <laughs> the there it is. son is him who we do not know where he is or what happened to him, is really Rand taken forward into time by Tam. Bingo. <laughs> so we had yet another- That's crazy that we think so much alike. <laughs> That's 100%. So we've, C3, we baby. Time traveling Tam. Time traveling Tam. <laughs> so, the, so, yeah. So the end was... Of Lane was Duran. Okay. Are you yeah, talking about predictions? <laughs> yeah, so so real quick, um, and and this 
you can edit this out if you want, Alan, but uh, we were talking offline, Chris and I, and uh, Chris was going to just make this horrible comment about if you wanted the Cliff Notes version of this scenario here. Essentially, there was some um, jealous woman that pretty much destroyed Land's kingdom. That's the Cliff Notes right there. Yeah. And and then he went on and on blaming women in general, and I was like, "Whoa, Chris, hey, easy now." <laughs> You're trying to call me a lie. I just want to make the after party exciting. Can Chris, I travel back and stop Ian from saying that, please. <laughs> yeah, we're getting so many anger spaces in Discord right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, deny those comments. I will leave that to Ian's conscience. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway. No one's perfect. So, so with uh, yeah, with no time to regroup, um, they took the infant son, which was Lan, um, which was the king's son as an infant, and gave him, um, you know, the sword. And his cradle. So that's, you know, back all the way back when we met Min, that was one of Min's viewing with a baby in a cradle with a sword. And we talked about it a little bit. Yep. yep, yep. That's what you saw around land. Um, and, you know, gave him the oath of the Makiri, which love this oath, but it's a short sweet, but it's one of these great lines that Robert Jordan writes. Um, I don't know if you guys have that in front of you. To stand but- against the shadow so long as iron is hard and stone abides. To defend the Malkir while one drop of blood remains. To avenge what cannot be defended. Yep. Beautiful. So, mm. Yeah, so that's the oath that was given. Um, they took 20, the 20 of the best men and sent him south. Um, and the king got the rest of the army to make one last stand. Um, and obviously was in, in vain, but just as much as they could to fight to save their kingdom, which obviously they all died. And Makir, Makir was overrun uh, by the Blight and the Trollocs. And of the 20 that took land south, only five survived. And all of them... And were, they were busted up. And they're yeah, all, they were busted up. Um, but land had been f- had trained to fight and trained about the Blight since he was in the cradle. So literally, this guy's been, been raised... Like, well, I love the description. Um, he learned you know, weapons it, as other children learned toys, and the blight as other children learned their mother's garden. The oath sworn over his cradle is engraven in his mind. There is nothing left to defend, but he can avenge. He denies his titles, yet in the borderlands, he is called the uncrowned. And even, <clears throat> and if ever he raised the golden crane of Malkir, an army would come to follow but he will not lead men to their deaths. In the blight, he courts death as a suitor, courts a maid, but he will not lead others to it. There's our nod to Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big, yeah. big time. Big, big time. Oh, yeah. yeah, thanks Thanks for saying that. That's where I was going to chime in. But yeah. yeah. So before we move past all this, what's your thoughts about all of this backstory from land? Um Obviously, Lance lands the man, and he's badass. But yeah, uh, you know, the trouble is, it, 
you you mentioned it early on the the joke you told us how we get like a hundred things answered but then we get 200 more questions but like yeah we learned a lot more about land and his backstory but but how much of this is going to get resolved it like are we just going to do a quick touch and go here and then land never revisits revisits his past he doesn't reclaim his title Maybe the whole story moves away from that and it's no big deal anymore. Or maybe that's like a central part of this freaking story. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if I'm supposed to care a lot about this or just a little bit. I don't know. Maybe if yeah. Sam is Loghain. Quick pause. Ooh. Quick pause. Ian, reconfigure the power cup, please, on Discord. You've gone silent. Oh. Ian just said something so mind-blowing, and you all completely missed it. Yeah, you guys have to listen next, next week. Uh, we he did actually episode. say some good far. stuff, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually. Can, can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Can you guys hear you now? I like how both of y'all said, oh, no, 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 he actually said something good, like – Normally it wouldn't be good, so you have to try and convince him. No, he actually stumbled into something good this time. Yeah, he actually, he actually did. <laughs> anyway, like so. we're, we're all surprised by it. Wow. <laughs> Chris yeah. is not only a womanizer. He's a, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and pause. Um, so um, let's do a brief pause, and we'll get right into it. So, Chris, any thoughts from you on? On on the story, I'm actually right there with Ian. Um, the only other thing I thought was maybe that um, Logan has something to do with this. Maybe Sam is Logan. You know, I'm trying to make some some draw some things that we could stretch over 14 books now. Now that like Patton Bane has okay. come out to be this hugely important character, when in the beginning he was just like the butt of all of our jokes. I am just like <laughs> anything could happen at this point. The one thing I will say is we haven't had any big deaths. So thank you to Jordan for not being that yeah. much like our good friend, Martin. <laughs> there you go. Um, but they will come. <laughs> give, it, give it time. Give it Thanks time. We have 14 bucks. Um, <laughs> we've had Tom. No, he's not dead. So. Anyways, so um yeah, so Moraine comes back at this point. She comes in the door and uh she explains about Fane. So we learned that Fane's been a dark friend for forty years, like forever, his entire life pretty much. Um, wow. That, that he's the one who actually brought the Trollocs to Emmons Field. Like that's how they got there, was Fane led them there. Um and, and three years ago, Fane actually went to Shadow Ghoul itself and was actually forced to be a hound for the Dark One. And Balzamon actually met with, with, with Fane there and gave him orders to hunt down um, basically the trio, um, you know, find, these, find these, these three kids and hunt them down. And they, the Dark One knew he was in this area, and, that's, and they just haven't picked Fane because he was Dark Friend already. He was a peddler in that area already. So he was the perfect person to pick to try to search that area around Barillon, uh for for these kids. Um, so after three years, you know, actually, they finally 
honed down to the village and to and to Rain, Matt, and Perrin and figured it out. That's when, uh, you know, Pain, Fane brought them through the ways. Actually, well, actually, the Fades brought them through the ways, but told them how to use the ways, told them how to get there, and came by cart and met them all there. This is by far, uh, it's been like the most highlighted part of my book and the most confused highlights mm-hmm. ever. Because I was like, my mind is, was spinning, and I, I again like the the imagery was a big deal, but the actual words that were being said was a big deal, and then the the questions that it created for me are a big deal. Like the statement Moraine makes, I said he was worse than vile, but I did not come close. I do not believe I have ever met someone so abject and debased yet at the same time so foul. I feel soiled from touching him, and I do not mean for the filth on his skin, soiled in here, and she touched her breast. I had to add that. The degradation of his soul almost makes me <laughs> giggity, doubt giggity. he has one. There is something worse to him than a dark friend. So... Uh-huh. It's just like it's yeah. literally just like makes me not have any like I have plenty to say, but at the same time I have nothing to say at all. And then we, we get further on and yeah. she makes the statement as if Bialzaman himself had kind of imprinted himself onto our uh onto Pat and Fane. Or like become a part of him. So like here's our, our nod to Harry Potter. Or our, our nod to Twilight right. if you really like that. But <laughs> it, it's yeah. we don't we we Harry don't Potter, Harry Potter it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But then it's it's like Egwene was just like he looks so pitiful. I remember him arriving at Edmonds Field each spring, always laughing and full of news from the outside. Surely there's some hope. No man can stand in the shadow as long that he cannot find the light again. So, and she says she quoted. I'd like to know where that quote came from. Like, is there some text that we don't sure. know about? Is there is this like religion from like white cloak religion, or like where where does this come from? Because we don't actually get where the quote comes from. And then, of course, we have Moraine yeah. actually has some hope. She's like, I always, I have always believed it's so. Um, perhaps Patton Fane can be redeemed, but he has been a dark friend for more than 40 years. 40 years uh-huh. he's been uh-huh. a dark friend. Like, he's not new to this shit. Like, right. this is his life. Like, I don't know how old Patton Fane is. I always thought he was this young man. Like, I had a different picture of him in my mind. So now he's a, at least, you know, a little bit beyond. Well, middle age I guess for that time frame or I don't know how age works in, yeah. in this book but like I imagine sure. like a 25 year old like you know slightly flamboyant guy let's say, <laughs> let's say he became a dark friend as a teenager you know maybe he's in his yeah. 50s yeah, so f- 55 uh, 55 uh, to 60 yeah 40 years yeah so what what this did for me is um it 
it started to make more sense why we have this many books to tell this story. Um, because you have, you know, good versus evil, right? And and so far, um, early in the book, the the good guys, the heroes, I'm, I'm doing air quotes like you guys can see them. Um, they're only just learning about all this. I mean, they've heard some songs and they've heard some tales from the past, but all of this, every step of the way is like a new revelation to them. But on the evil side of things, this has been plotted and planned for years and years and years and years. And in such a subtle way that even even the good forces out there, the the Aes Sedai and anybody else who's looking out for um, dark friends or the, the dark one and any influences they might have, like all of this went unnoticed that they were hunting these boys. Uh-huh. Uh so the the evil side here has been slowly weaving its way, and I use weaving intentionally, towards its own purpose. It's not like our boys are going to show up and in one day just solve the riddle. This isn't Scooby-Doo. They're not going to go to the eye of the world and the green man and yank the mask of some, off somebody and be like, aha, we got you, and the story's over. Like, um. Uh, it's going to take a significant amount of effort <laughs> to to undo what's been done, if that can even be done, uh-huh. or or change the the destiny of this timeline, uh, because a pretty significant evil power has been working at this for quite some time in a really sneaky fucking way. So, right, hence fifty thousand books. Yeah, and and they also talk about how Fane. Um... Uh, how that the fades had threatened him all the time. So, you know, he's dealing with the merge all of the fades um, and they're ready to feed him to the Trollocs after, he, after they're done with this the entire time. Yeah, what, I, what about uh, when, when the one uh, fade gets him and has him sleep inside the freaking Trollocs cook pot? Right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so effed up. Yeah. Like um, this, Chris, do you, do you, in some ways feel bad for him the as you're reading time, this? I think that's the really sad part about it. The entire time I'm like, that poor guy. Like, this really sucks. Yeah, that's... So at some point he made a deal with the devil and, alright, screw him for that, right? But then he's just been... Man, he's been hosed big time. Right. And, and this is just straight torture what they do to him. Right. And then something happened in Shatter Logoth as well, but he didn't really get into too much detail there. But um, he figured out that the, the trail was fake before they got the Shatter Logoth and followed them into the city there. Um, and, and it kind of escaped the fades as well. But he just, and he thought he was finally free of, of this chase. But because of what the Dark One had done to him, they pretty much, had, you know, it goes back to, you know, Pavlov's dog kind of thing. He's been conditioned. That no matter what, it's hunt, hunt, hunt. Like he can't get away from it. Even if he gets away from the fades and trollocs, he still has this urge and almost like this power over him that he has to compel abortion, that he has to keep hunting. He's um, been totally programmed for that. Right. So, you know, falls into Camelin and is really upset when he only finds two of them there. And then even more upset when they go into the ways. Um, and then kills the shopkeeper. 
um, found that out. Um, you know, so you but know, why? Came into the, yeah. Oh, hold on. We're, we're skipping. I got to get to that page. Chris, if you get there before <laughs> me where they describe why he kills him, feel free to read because this is important. I'm trying to find it. We can edit this pause out, but we can. You're really quiet that. too if you're away from your Discord. Uh, Sorry, I'm I'm mumbling. Is Ian back fine? Is it Ian gone? <sighs> All right. I'm going to reconfigure the power couplings. Okay. He faded out that time. Huh. <laughs> Into the shadow. Oh yeah, he's, he's he's he left, he's coming back. He's reconfiguring the power couplings. All right, Can I'm back in the me? Discord. Can you hear you now? Can you hear me now? Yep. Yep. We're good. <laughs> so I'm looking. I just logged on. There's somebody, Girthy McSpice. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, I it's, love it. It's definitely not Odin. Let me put it that way. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. So, How am I supposed to concentrate? <laughs> So you find your spot with the in Camelot, the shopkeeper? No, I didn't. Okay. Enemy. I got distracted with reconfiguring the power couplings. If anybody's following on the book, what page? I'm not sure. I have notes. No, it's that's my fault. I didn't underline that one. But yeah, so. Like I said, he followed him, Kaelin. They go into the ways. He's really pissed because there's only two of them. It's because um, he investigated the noise. This is the owner of the shop who came to investigate the noise Fane murdered. Not because he had to, but out of envy that the man could walk freely out of the cellar while his feet carried him inexuberantly into the ways. Yeah, so... It's not just this random killing. It's, it, and this goes to me feeling, I know, I know this sounds horrible because Fane just killed somebody, but it, it goes towards me feeling bad for Pat and Fane. Like he is at this point, I mean, it's absolute torture for him. He is being forced to do things, compelled to do things that he doesn't want to do in such a way like, to see somebody that's able to walk away freely has him infuriated to the point of killing. Like that's his mind is so twisted right now. I mean, that's I mean, just, you look back, that's ridiculous. It says he witnessed evil against evil in the ruins of Shadar Logoth, like foul fighting vile. He had to watch that. He said his teeth chattered and he whimpered while retelling the story. And then, like, he thought he was free. Oh, my goodness. And then he discovered that the compulsion to hunt did not lessen. Instead, it grew sharper with every day that passed. He could not eat except what he could scavenge while he hunted you. Beetles and lizards snatched while he ran. Half-rotten, refused dung from the middle heaps in the dark of the night. Nor could he stop until exhaustion collapsed him like an empty sack. And as soon as he had strength to stand again, he was driven on. 
by the time he reached Camelon, he could feel his query, even when it was within a mile away. Here in the cellar below, he would sometimes look up without realizing what he was doing. He was looking in the direction of this room. Like he's still compelled. Mm. It's horrible. Yeah. Man. So Chris, 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 real fast, you, you need to reconfigure it on Discord. <laughs> it's one of those nights. <laughs> it's one of those nights. Chris is coming back. Sorry, guys. Y'all just y'all just miss Chris. Like I I my floaties are on, and I'm thankful because that shit was deep and it was good. Man, oh, sorry guys. I feel bad for Discord that they missed that. That's crazy. Yeah. Can you guys hear Chris now? I think what was really cool. Go ahead. We got to. I was yeah. gonna say you gotta you gotta talk for them to yeah. verify that yeah. they can hear you. Fane was the one who you sensed following us, Egwene said. Lane not Land nodded. How did he escape the black wind? Her voice shook. She stopped to swallow. Oh. It was right behind us at the way gate. He escaped and he did not, Moraine said. The black wind caught him. And he claimed to understand the voices. Some greeted him as like to them. Others feared him. No sooner did the wind envelope fame than it fled. So literally, the black wind was afraid of him so much so that it fled. And we got this guy below them. Like, that's freaking crazy. Like, what power does he hold that he can literally make this, you know, dark power just, like, welcome him and run from him at the same time? I'm just, like, my mind's kind of blown Mm -hmm. at the moment. And right. and the black wind was like one of the scariest, creepiest things that our our party has run into thus far. And then Pat and Fane is either getting along with part of it or scaring the shit out of the rest of it. Like that's yeah, that's pretty that's pretty effed up. Yeah. And the last bit was that Moraine tried to ask him what's going to happen at the eye. What's all this about the eye of the world? And he they couldn't get that out of them. Um, so, well, more so than that, uh, gosh, I did a poor job highlighting when she tried to get that out of him. He almost intentionally bottled up like that was part of the big secret. That was, that was what he was holding on to the hardest and not letting go. So where she was able to get all this other info out of him, when she asked about that, he clammed up. And 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 he held on to his secrets, so clearly there's something there. Um, and yeah. and with with her wanting to rush out and thinking there's no time to waste, we're gonna miss an opportunity here. But the plot yeah. thickens. Yeah. So um, you know, at this point, Moraine says there's no time to waste. We have to leave you know, as soon as possible, um, and then. Uh, Lord Algorithm, <laughs> as we call him now, um, says, you know, he still wants to help. Um, and and Moraine says, you know, these boys will be the ones that fight the battle, none other. 
And you can see Algamar gets immediately scared about this. She's, he's like, do you, do you, like, immediately Algamar, Algamar, Algamar thinks that they can channel. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's that's just what he's freaking out about. Reaches well, you're, you're, yeah. you're no red, red Aja. <laughs> right. that, she goes there, Tavirin. Yeah. The and pattern then, weaves itself around them. Yeah, they're Already the Dark One has tried to kill each of them more than once. Three Tavirin in one place are enough to change the life around them as surely as a whirlpool changes the path of a straw. When the place... When the place is the eye of the world, the pattern might weave even the father of lies into itself and make him harmless again. So we're literally gambling. That's what I got. We're going to roll the dice uh-huh. and hope like hell that these three being near him give us opportunity to be rid of him. Mm. All right. Yeah. And then also she says, you know, the blood of Menethrin is strong in almost all these men. Uh, and, you know, it, it immediately, you know, Algamar says, well, if there's Menethrin blood, that's great. But then Rand, of course, focuses on that one Two word. Two words, almost all. Um, but then throughout the... Yeah, almost all, yeah. Rand needs to get over that. Rand's a mutt He's from a man. We know somewhere this. else. But we also like you have yep, to think yep, about yep. Rand's anxiety going back earlier and his anxiety over the last few chapters. It's always been around what does Moraine know, almost as if he's got some type of guilt. And he does. He hasn't told her the entirety of the dreams. Like she's just learning about the dreams and we're at the mm-hmm. end of the book. We are about to go combat the Alzamont, hypothetically speaking. We don't know that yet because the way this book is going, we could literally get to where the eye of the world is supposed to be if it's a physical thing, and it may not be there. Uh, who the heck knows? Like, at this point, anything <laughs> could be the case. Um, but that's what his focus is on. Like, what does she know? But he's still a little bit self-centered in that. So, love him to death, but, you know, get over yourself, dude. Yep. I am I am excited that uh, uh, our algorithm gets uh, pretty stoked about the Menethrin blood, which we 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 know the Menethrin blood is strongest in Matt because I said so, uh, and and I know nothing. So uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. And that's gonna and, save the day. Yeah. But after all this, uh, Algamar uh, finally agrees. That they sh- they can go or they not, doesn't give them permission, but just agrees with what Moraine's saying, and they yeah. all go they all go to bed and we end the chapter. So, um, as Chet is saying right now, you know nothing <laughs> against now. That's what I was um, thinking. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, yeah, so we end the chapter. So any final thoughts about these two chapters? This chapter particularly. Uh, we already talked about final thoughts from last chapter, but. Any final thoughts from this chapter? Both of these, as exciting as it was, it was like drinking from a fire hose. Like, uh, I almost feel like before I read the next chapters, I'm, I'm going to read these last two and then kind of flow into the next two. Like, there was just we, a lot of stuff given to us. Mm-hmm. Also, also, Lan is the man. <laughs> Lan's awesome. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, you, I'm just... 
I don't I don't even know how to word it. Like we have Tavirin, you know, this term has been used for you know these three boys, but I really want to know what that word means in the old tongue, and maybe the entire group is Tavirin. Like maybe we're not gathering the whole That's, of it all. May, you know, we, we know that everybody's supposed to play some small part, but then you know, I, I just like Padden Fang, I feel like he's got a bigger role to play. Like we know he does, but I think there's like more than just Bialzaman, just because of the way that he got out of Shadarlova. And then he got out of I'm trying to think of all the situations that he escaped. I mean, he escaped the um, the ways. Like, I feel like he might be like the apex dark one or something. Like, maybe there's so many other evils in the world, and he's like got so many in him that he's just going to become something, some force to reckon with. I don't know. I just sure. you're behind the curve. You're behind the curve, man. This whole series ends with Pat and Fane playing stones against Rand. <laughs> like, that is the matchup. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, also, before we end this, end this episode, for next week, we're doing two chapters, like I said. The names of the chapters are The Blight. That's the next chapter. And then... Oh, Canada. Well, I, don't, I don't even know their anthem. I apologize. I should have researched that. And then the dark one stirs. <laughs> oh, Canada. Oh, wait. They're not the dark ones. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously the blight's the blight. We got a place again. But the dark one stirs. Any thoughts about these? The dark one stirs really. These, uh, that title chapters. interests me when I read it. I was just like, so, like, we have this idea of him being kind of captivated or, you know, enthralled, in imprisoned. But maybe he's not. Maybe he was more or less in a slumber. Maybe he was taking a break. Maybe he was recharging. Maybe he was waiting on something special. Maybe... Moraine is bringing him exactly what he's been waiting for. Like, I don't want to bring distrust to Moraine because I love her. Um, but it's almost like she's handing him exactly what he needs. And she's taken too big of a gamble. And these boys aren't trained to do anything. Like, they're still not war-hardened men. Like, they've been in a couple battles. They've done a whole heck of a lot of running. What are they really going to do? They don't know how to use their uh-huh. power. Like, Perrin is the closest one to, like, being able to use his power properly. And literally all he can do is see well and smell well. Like, you know, we've got yeah. um, too many variables at play for them to be going into the blight towards the dark one. Yeah. Mm. So you're saying Moraine is actually <laughs> Black Aja and she's working for the Dark One and she's intentionally leading the boys there and that's why she's done nothing to help them uh, cultivate their powers so they'll get whacked. But actually what happens is Lan, who 
we know what his roots are when he finds out Moraine is the Black Aja land, kills Moraine, and as he's really upset about it, Nynaeve comes in to console him, go. and that's when and that's the up. end of the first book. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I'd be. I'm not saying I'm calling that, but I, oh. if it happened, I'd be all right with that. <laughs> so Moraine, Moraine is going to die. Uh, in this book now. So Randall's going to die. No, Land, Land, Land's going to kill Moraine oh, when Land's he finds out who me. she is. Yeah. yeah. It just got okay. deep. There you go. <laughs> Alan's like, Alan's like, that's so ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not even going to write it down. <laughs> uh, I, just, I got, I got recorded, so I, just, I don't have to write it down. I listen to it next week. Everybody, everybody on rolls eyes. Oh my god, these guys <laughs> seem to be intelligent, and now they've gone off the deep end. We can stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, this this is what they live for. This is this is good stuff. Um, I just try well, to remain open to the craziest of possibilities because the crazy is going to happen. Yeah. Jordan's going to hit us with some crazy shit, and I want to be like, all right, maybe that's not what I predicted, but I was I was expecting ridiculous. So, bam, he got me. You know, and, yeah. and I'm not and I'm too thrown off off kilter with it. Yeah. Well, sounds good. So let me go ahead and wrap it up for the week. So. Um, um, to how you can find us, we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the Wheel Reads uh, at the uh, Wheel Reads at gmail.com is our email. If you want to send me an email, um, I will respond to it. Also, we have our wonderful Discord community. We are growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we also hang out a lot of other Discords as well, but um, ours. Uh, it tends to be a landing platform for a lot of Wheel of Time fans, but um, uh, like I said, uh, we, we kind of jump around to a lot of different ones. But it's uh, uh, feel free to come join us, even if you are a first-time reader. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have special uh, roles that we can place on you so you won't be spoiled and people know that you are a first-time reader. Um, we have different channels for first-time readers depending on what book you're on, so you can actually talk about the book you're on without fear of being spoiled further on and actually – talk to people about that um, as a place where, um, cause I know a lot when I read through it my first time, um, you know, I didn't have anybody talk to about it because I didn't know anybody else that read it. And uh, I think I even talked to Ian about it at one point saying he needs to read this book. This was years ago. And I think Ian said, no, now he's reading it. Uh-huh, gotcha. It only took 10 years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother read him, but, um, um, he read them so far after I did that um, uh, we didn't really talk about it much either. But um, it's a great place for you to come if you're first time reading through. We love first time readers. Uh, we got two of them right here, Chris and Ian. Um, also, we have our Patreon. Um, feel free to click on that link. Look at the different levels. Right now, we have three levels. I'm thinking about actually adding two more. It's a little bit of a, um, I guess, behind the scenes. Um, uh, I've been in talks about adding two more levels. Uh, there'll be upper levels than what already is there. So obviously, a um, um, little more uh, higher tiers as far as price point. But um, trying to find some really, really cool um, things for those levels. So um, brainstorming, thinking about that. Also, there's some other things in the work as well that I'm not quite ready to announce yet, but we have some big things coming. So, um, uh, lots of changes coming, lots of good things coming, uh, lots of collabs. Um, some people are discord already know about them. Some people 
all. But uh, but we'll we'll, we'll keep it kind of a, a, a ambiguous for right now. But um, um, we might have another guest host coming also as well soon. So keep listening to us, enjoy us, rate us, share us, tell everybody about us. Um, uh, we, we love reviews and uh, and love that you're listening to us. So I think that's it for me. Peace. Until next time. Woo! Jumanji. <laughs> All right. So everyone listening to Discord, we're gonna hop over to the to the bureau. So.